You're listening to the Less Stress in Life podcast. Your hosts, Deb Timmerman and Barb Fletcher, are on a mission to help individuals and organizations manage stress and change. Together, they bring you real conversations, inspirational stories, and strategies to help move you from being stressed to feeling your best. Hello everyone, I'm Deb Timmerman. Welcome to our series of 52 Practical Tools for Less Stress in Life. This is episode 46. And I'm Barb Fletcher. Our goal is to give you tools and strategies to help you move from being stressed to feeling your best. Today, our guest is Gail Howarth, a longtime resident of West Michigan. She is a storyteller and an award-winning photographer. Gail's early work focused on her first love nature. Her landscape invites the viewer to take a breath from the busyness of daily life. She hopes observers will experience a sense of calm, peace, or serenity. Most recently, Gail has become interested in people, their stories, and what divides us, and how to build bridges between those with vastly different backgrounds and belief systems. Gail's Art Prize Project, A Time to Heal, and The Gratitude Project, by Lake House Photo, explore this concept in words and portraiture. She believes that to heal the divisiveness present in our society today, we must start by identifying and sharing our most common bonds. Only then will a constructive conversation occur. Welcome, Gail. Thank you. It's good to be here. Gail, can we start out by you telling us a little bit about the Gratitude Project? Sure. The Gratitude Project started out as a curiosity. I had gone through a difficult, life-changing event. Uh, My folks passed away on the same day, five hours apart. And that put me into a depression that lasted about two years. I like to think that it was sleeping more than a depression. When I awoke from that, it was sudden, like waking up. And when I came out of that, I woke up with a sense of awe and wonder and almost like I was reborn again. So the color blue would make me cry because I thought it was so beautiful and that there were so many shades. And then I was so grateful. I was so grateful for everything. And I started thinking, well, what does gratitude look like? And what is gratitude? And why does it feel so good? And I started asking my friends, will you sit and allow me to photograph you while you're thinking about gratitude. And so it was just really a curiosity. What does it look like? I know what it feels like, but I didn't know what it looked like. And I was actually surprised at what it looked like on a lot of people. So it really just started out as a curiosity. And then as I got into the project a little bit more, I learned that, gosh, people are grateful for the same things. And if that's the truth, then why are we so divided on so many issues? And so that's when I started to believe that it would be a way, a door, an entryway to conversations about important things that we face every day. Whether it works or not, I'm still working on the project. So I have hope. Uh, but that's, that's what the project is about, just really getting in touch with gratitude, seeing what it looks like, hearing what it is for people, sharing that. And hopefully one day we'll be able to share it with enough people to show folks that we are more alike than we are different. 
I was looking at your website earlier and one of the things I noticed about the folks that you photographed in the Gratitude Project was this beautiful sense of excitement and mm -hmm. a spark in their eye. It looked like they all had that in common. Could you talk more about those physical features and what you saw as a photographer yeah. in yeah. those recordings yeah. that you did? I would say that that's what I'm looking for. You may have noticed that all of the photographs are in black and white. I do them in whatever light is available. In the beginning, I said I wasn't going to use a flash, but sometimes I needed to use a flash. But yes, um, what I saw, especially my folks that are a little bit older, let's say 30 on, I think I see a little bit of grief along with their gratitude. Yes, there's that spark, but I see some part of them where they're drawing from true life experience, from things they've overcome. And so I think that grief and gratitude sometimes can go together. I did work with a group of Ohio State students that were maybe 20 years old, and I didn't see the grief in their photos at all. So I had a great day with a class there and took about 60 photos of kids that were grateful for wonderful things, but they just had so much spark. Whereas the older folks, I see the combination of grief and gratitude. Oh my gosh, Barb, that makes me think about Michelle Butt and her work in facial intelligence and how we might go back to that website now and look at those faces and actually see and read what's on their face regarding grief. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just so intrigued because we're human. And so we know intuitively when we're attracted to people who have that spark in their eyes, yet we may not notice it the same way you are noticing it behind the camera. A lot of the times the camera shows me things afterward that I didn't catch at the time. The first photo that I took of a person in gratitude was the one that taught me the most. One, I learned that I'm asking somebody to be vulnerable with me. Gratitude is easy for some people, and it's not easy for some folks to share. And so this woman, the energy in the room was just palpable when we took the image. We had been working all day at a dental convention. That's the field I was in. And um, she had wanted to do this very much. And we kind of sat in uh, our hotel room and got really quiet. And she said a little prayer before she went into her gratitude. And I said, I'm just going to start shooting as soon as you open your eyes. And when she did, uh, tears streamed down her face and it was one of the best photos I've ever taken. The light in the room made little diamonds in the tears from her eyes and I thought she looked like an angel with silver stars on her face and she was being grateful for her mother who had passed recently. But when I showed her the photos she thought that she looked like a fat old woman and she had not realized how much she had aged in the last few years. And she couldn't get past that. Now, she wouldn't allow me to use those photos. That's okay. That's really okay. Anybody who participates, if they don't like the photos, if they feel too exposed or just like the experience wasn't what they expected, then they have that option. I will tell you, she's the only person who's ever said, I don't want you to use my photos. 
but it taught me a really valuable lesson in that when I'm asking somebody to give me this, I'm asking for a part of their soul. I can't abuse that. And so that's what she taught me. So it was an amazing, incredible experience. How magnificent, though, that you got to present her a different perspective on what you saw because those images and those beliefs that we carry around with us are the ones that shape our path. And as you were sharing that story, I got those shivers that are a really good indicator of uh, this is a very deep, meaningful conversation about what's true. And um, I'm just grateful that because in some small way, even though those pictures may not be seen to anybody other than you, you will have reshaped her journey. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about your project with Art Prize, A Time to Heal. What did oh, you do in that one? I was a part of a gallery here in Muskegon, Michigan, called City Center Arts. And uh, they featured me as the artist of the month. And I really wanted to do the gratitude project, but it was during the pandemic. And the board talked about it and they thought that while gratitude is a great subject, that it might be seen as flippant at that time in our country's current events. And so uh, my first reaction, honestly, was to get mad <laughs> because I thought, well, this is a great way to help us during this really dark time. Uh, so I was going to decline that. But what ended up happening is over the weekend, I meditated on that and prayed about that a little bit. And I went back to them and I said, can I do gratitude with a twist? And I said, what if I talk to folks who are being impacted by current events? So if we think back to 2020, we had a pandemic. So we had healthcare workers. We had people who had COVID. We had LGBTQ issues where the Supreme Court had just stated that, uh, that members of the LGBTQ community couldn't be discriminated at the workplace, so they couldn't lose their jobs just solely based on that. We also had George Floyd. And we had a lot of racial tension happening. And so I went out and I talked to people who either had COVID, were caregivers for folks uh, with COVID. I talked to people of color and talked about their experiences. Um, and those were vastly different, which was really interesting to me. As a white woman, you know, I can't know what it's like to be a black woman or black man or Hispanic or any of those things. So I expected their experiences to be similar, but everyone, of course, is unique. And then I talked to a gentleman who was a school teacher and his relief, his tears of joy in that he would never lose his job because some parent didn't like that he was a gay male teaching their third grade students. So it was an amazing project. So I still photographed, I still did it in black and white. I photographed as they told their stories. I really felt like I captured their emotions. So it was a big mural. There were 16 pieces in all. I did blog pieces on each of the persons. It was just really a wonderful project. One of my takeaways was from a gentleman named Kwame. 
And I asked him about healing. Can we heal? And he said something that I thought he meant in the moment, but I take it with me every day. And he said, Gail, the time is right. Uh, everything is right for us to heal right now. Everything is in perfect order. And now is the right time to begin to heal. And honestly, I thought he was talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. And maybe he was. But every day I wake up and I think of Kwame and I think today is the exact right time to heal. It is. Every day we have an opportunity to make it better. Every day. We have a, a, an opportunity to step forward into our lives and make one thing better for Kwame. What role do you think gratitude plays in that healing process? Ah, uh, gosh. It's basic. Gratitude. And that's, you asked me a question earlier in the email, too, about that. And I just think gratitude is a basic emotion. We've all felt and experienced gratitude at one point in our life. And so I think if you can start to focus on what you're grateful for, and you know, there are all kinds of studies that show that if you begin a gratitude journal, or if you start really accounting, count your blessings, um, that you start to see more blessings. And I, I believe it's true. Uh, if you focus on negativity, then that's what you'll get. If you focus on positivity, then that you're going to see more positive things in the world and around you. So it's pretty basic. I can get really funny about gratitude. I can stare at blades of grass and feel gratitude to the point of tears. And I can look into the eyes of a stranger and not know that person at all and feel so grateful that I passed that person that day. But I don't know if that's a typical thing for people, but if to practice gratitude, it really does change your life. I'd love to go back just a little bit. I feel so confident that this is how you live your life now. Mm -hmm. How is that different than that quiet period that you had for um, two years? Wow. That quiet period, I lost everything during that time period except the job that I loved. Um, not only did I lose my mom and dad, um, I had a partnership for eight years and she just wanted me to come back. She wanted me to come home to the relationship and I was so far away. And uh, this is one of those cases where antidepressants didn't help. Uh, nothing I did helped. Counseling didn't help. I think I was meant to go to sleep. I know I'm not answering your question, but I'm not sure I know how to answer your question. So how things were in the dark was just really dark. <laughs> it was everything I could do to go to work. I still loved my work. I was a teacher. So I went to dental office and, and taught them how to use software and how to make their office more productive. And I loved teaching. But as soon as I would leave, I would be so exhausted. So as you can imagine, there was a lot of travel in that job. I was so exhausted that I would drive home not on the expressway because I was so tired that I thought I might fall asleep driving. So I always called it taking the long way home. I did also take my camera with me on those journeys. And so sometimes I would get out of my car and I would take photos of what I saw along the road. One of the things that I can say is I do think that that helped me 
to grow more present because when you're looking at a beautiful thing in front of you and you've got a camera, you're focused on the present and the past can't hurt you there. If you're in the present moment, your past, whatever pain you've experienced, whatever you've endured, it's not in that present moment. And so I think that that is a part of what helped me to get out of the darkness. But I will expand on that and tell you that I became so exhausted that I really, I wouldn't say that I was suicidal, but I didn't want to be here anymore. And so we talked about my abrupt awakening. So I will tell you how that happened. And that might be a part of the uh, answer too. But it was a snowy night uh, and I was coming home from work and I thought, oh, I'm just so tired. I was so tired. It was wet snow, biting wind. And I sat in my car in my driveway and I thought, I have to get out of my car now. I was so tired, I just didn't even want to get out of my car. And I thought I could just sleep here. And I thought, no, you'll freeze to death if you stay in your car. So I got out of my car and instead of going into the house, I found myself standing on a bluff. I lived at the top of a hill, it overlooks a marsh. And I just had one of those moments that you see in movies, I think, where I was throwing my fists into the air and cussing at God. And just, I can just remember screaming, bring me home, bring me home. And I woke up on my knees, very wet and very cold. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do now? What do I do now? And I brushed myself off and I got up and I went in my house and I went to bed. And the next morning when I woke up, um, the sun was shining and um, the sun was going across my face and my chest and I felt warm, but not just warm, but warm in a way I hadn't felt in two years. And I felt held and loved and grateful, so grateful. And honestly, it took me um, another couple of years to think, oh my gosh, my prayer was answered. I was brought home. I was brought to my earthly home. And I think that my role is to help make this place a better place. And gratitude feels like the way that I'm supposed to do that. Oh my, there's nothing we can say to that. I think we need to just do our call to action. So the call to action this week is to really think about where you are holding judgment on people, where you might be more similar than you are different, to start to bridge that gap through gratitude. When you can find something that you're grateful for about a person, it changes everything. That one little connection and even being able to say something as simple as, I love the earrings that you're wearing today, mm-hmm. or you look really pretty in that color pink. Those are the small things that make us come together as humans. And sometimes those exchanges for the people that you meet along your path, you can remember them for a long time, can't you? Because yes. they're so filled with that human connection. So this week, especially, we have an election coming up in the U.S. on Tuesday. It is traditionally not a good time. It's not a time of unity. It is a time of division. And 
as Gail said, we can either really choose how we're going to look at that and find something that we're grateful for, even in those times of suffering and come together with that. Thank you. We should say where you could get in touch with Gail though. So Gail, give us those connection points for you, for folks who might want to reach out and touch you. You can find me on Facebook at Gratitude by Lake House Photo. You can email me at gail at lakehousephoto.com. And um, I also have a website uh, called Gratitude by Lake House. Uh, Lake House is just one word. Thank you so much for joining us today, Gail. Thanks for having me. I'm, I appreciate it. I'm grateful for both of you. Less stress in life is possible. If you're new to this kind of thinking and would like to explore what's possible for you, we'd love to connect. You can reach us through our website at lessstressinlife.com. That's lessstressinlife.com.